0: Good morning, everyone. As we give our attention to God's word this morning, we seek to receive it with joy-filled reverence and sober humility. The summons to the word found in your bulletin prepares our hearts and minds to do that. Let's read it together. This is the one whom I look upon with favor, declares the Lord, the one who is humble and contrite in spirit and who trembles at my word. This morning's scripture reading is taken from Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 3. Again, the text is Matthew 5, verses 1 through 3. In the Blue Pew Bible, it can be found on page 830. That's page 830. Hear now the word of the Lord. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, He went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven.
1: Let's begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord. A rock, and a redeemer. Father, would you send your Holy Spirit? Uh, may my words be your words, and may you imprint your word upon our hearts that we might live lives that are marked by your grace to imitate the life of your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Well, we are uh, in our second... Um, second Sunday as we walk through uh, this series and the Beatitudes. And I want to just begin uh, by um, a pastor friend I was, I was speaking with this past week shared uh, that in his church he has two men's groups. One is a group of men who are primarily in their 20s. And, and this is, again, this is his particular situation, I'm not going to stereotype, I'm not going to generalize, but he said, you know, I had this one group of men in, in their 20s primarily, and I have this other group of men, mostly late 30s and 40s, and he said, he said, Bruce, you wouldn't believe the difference in the two groups, and this is to be expected, this is, this is, this is what leads us to, actually, to the Beatitudes, he said, "In, in the, the group of men in their 20s, he says, they got it figured out. They know what's going on. They want to come together and they want to talk about how right they are or how they, what they know about the Bible. The other, the other group, he said, they sort of come crawling in and they're just ready to receive. Life has taken its toll what they thought they knew, they don't really know anymore. And they know, they just know. They know they need help. They know they need guidance. See, this, the, what Lucy just read for us speaks to those who come to Jesus, they're his disciples. That is to say, those who need to be discipled, those who are in need of training, those who know that they don't have life figured out. And that's, it actually introduces us to this first beatitude, to this first um, saying of Jesus. Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Let me just explain. Some of the beatitudes are actually fairly simple. It's like, blessed are the peacemakers. Okay, well, I have an idea of what a peacemaker is. But what does it mean to be poor in spirit? Well, those of you kids, you know what it means to be poor, right? It means you don't have money or you don't have resources. You're lacking something. You're missing something. You don't have what you need to have. So Jesus says, well, they're lacking in something called the Spirit. And here it's not necessarily like the Holy Spirit or or you know, God himself, but here Spirit speaks of the idea of an animating force. It's being, I think those, those of you who are kids, think of, have you ever seen the movie Pinocchio? Pinocchio is this at first, he's just a puppet. He's a puppet. He's made of wood. He's, just, you know, he's, he's inanimate. He just sits there like this. But then what happens? He's animated. He's given, if you will, a spirit so that he can move, he can breathe. There, there's a sense of animation, movement of life. And in the Old Testament, in the ancient world, actually, it was Greek or, or, or uh, Jewish that notion of spirit was this idea of animation, of life, of motivation, of drive, a sense of get up and go, a sense of, uh, "Hey, I got this. I have the strength to do it, and I have the wisdom to do it. I want to do it, I can do it, and I don't know how to do it." That's what it means to have spirit. In fact, we think of it in the English language, we use the word "inspire." inspired. If I'm inspired, it means that something has happened or someone has said something to me in a way that I'm ready to go. I'm ready to move. Or I'm, I'm ready to act. I'm inspired. There's a spirit within me that has prompted me to do something. In fact, even sometimes when I'm, in many, when I'm visiting someone or I'm talking to someone, I'll say, how are your spirits? That means, you know, how are you feeling? What, what, in what sort of mood? What, in what's, what's driving you right now? What are you about? And so this idea of being poor in spirit is to say, I have no motivation. I don't know what I'm doing. To use sort of a contemporary analogy, I don't know about you, but I, there are times when I'm, let's say I'm going somewhere, or I show up at work here and I, I pull out my laptop out of my bag, and I, I start to start working, and suddenly I get this notice that says low battery. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I forgot to plug it in. Remember I leave, I'm somewhere out, and I look at my phone, and it's like on 4%. I'm like, what, what, are you kidding me? I'm on low battery. It's like, ah, oh, I just, I hate that idea of being on low battery. I hate that idea of not having oomph, of not having power, of not having control, of not having a knowledge of what to do. It's terrifying. I want to be in control. And here Jesus today is saying something that is so counterintuitive. He's saying, blessed are you when you're on low battery. Welcome to Jesus. He's always saying things that just seem to make no sense. See this word "blessed," the word "blessed." It's kind of this elusive sort of, you know, Christian-y sort of term. Oh you no, know, you know, bless you, bless her heart. You know, what, what does it mean to be blessed? Blessed isn't so much about our mental state. It's not about like our sort of our emotional condition. Sometimes you'll see it translated "happy" or something like that. It's, that's not what it's about. Blessed, to be blessed, is really about one's, it's not about one's feelings, it's about one's future, or one's fortune. To be blessed is to say, hey, listen, your future looks good. You could say, you could actually translate, if I had to translate translate it in one word, and it actually is elsewhere in in the New Testament, it is translated with this word, the word would be fortunate, fortunate. It will go well for you. That's the idea of being blessed. Like you're in a a good, you have a good trajectory, you have a good future. Fortunate, says Jesus, are those who are on low battery. Isn't that interesting? Fortunate are those who, who who get in the car and they realize that the fuel gauge, they're running on empty. Why is that? It almost sounds kind of mean of Jesus. <laughs> Why does he say that? Well, let me give you an analogy to help you. Kids, listen to this, this is important. So one of the things that, I have five kids, one of the things so far, uh, four of the five of them, I have taught them how to ride a bicycle. And when, you, when you're teaching someone to ride a bicycle, you have to usually, at least the how I do it, there's probably a better way, but how I do it, as I, I walk or even run alongside them, and I'm holding on to their, their seat as they're riding. And, uh, and especially, we, so we live in a, in a neighborhood where the road has a gentle uh, incline as you leave our home, goes up. And there are several times, especially I remember in teaching Julianne how to ride a bike, when she'd be riding and she'd be going up this hill, and she, at first, she's going fairly slow, and she's kind of wobbling, you know, but she, she's moving along, she's getting, gaining speed, but as we go up the hill, she starts to slow down, and she's running out of strength, running out of power, <laughs> and, she, and she's trying to turn, and it's right then that she's about to fall, and I grab her seat, and I, gra- I stabilize her, and I push her, And it's in that moment she knows that she's not gonna fall, that there's a father there who's going to help her, a father there who has the resources, who has the strength, and that she's oh, she'll be fine. She doesn't need to worry because dad's got this. Jesus says that it's fortunate when we are on low battery, because listen, this is so important. When we're on low battery, it's the first time that we stop relying on ourselves. And we go elsewhere looking for power, right? Where I'm, here's my phone, right? I need to get plugged in. And do anyone have a charger, right? We, we ask, them, hey, how can I, I need, a, I, need, I need a power source outside of me. See, when we're on low battery, we begin to realize that Listen to this. We're not in control. And here's the thing. We never were in control. And it's so beautiful what Darren shared, wasn't it? Just since he said, look, I realized I never was in control. You just never were. We can live our lives under that illusion, but in those moments where God, in a very difficult way, in a very challenging way, in a very scary way, he brings us to this place where we are at the end of our rope, where we are running and empty, where we are on low battery, and we're thinking, what now? I have, we come face to the face of the fact that we have nothing to give. We have nothing more to offer. We have no control. And it forces us to ask the question, who is in control? It's a, it's a really good question, <laughs> right? I and mean, Isn't that the million dollar question? Who actually is in control? And that's where the rest of the, the, the beatitude comes in. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. They are the ones who actually discover that there is a God who is in control, who has acted in this final and decisive way. A God who is in control of the least details of life, as Darren's ther- story so powerfully shows. See, I mean, I can even think of an example just from yesterday. Yesterday we were we we're home. We we're having lunch together. We we're having a great time, and music's a big part of the of, of the Clark family. We have this um, stereo system uh, in our ma- main floor, and and we it's it's we often just it's loud. It's playing. We're we're all singing along. We're just playing. I mean, all kinds of classic rock. And as an aside, just parents, just so you know this, like music is a wonderful way to bond with your kids. In fact, I was I was so proud of. One of my daughters was she said, "You know, they just don't make music like they used to." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> right? It's so true. It was just amazing. I was, in fact, it's just yesterday I sent uh, Don a, a link, a YouTube link, and I was like, "Listen to this, right?" And it is like it's a, it was a right now by Van Halen, and it, the, the 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 piano intro is just incredible. It's like how how did they do that? Like it's just unreal. But it's just the beauty of music. So we're listening to music. Music's a big part of our lives. And, um, and I went to like, and, and so I have this, this my lap, my uh, tablet is linked by Bluetooth to our stereo system and it wasn't working. And Sarah the says, well, yeah, you know, Harrison's crawling around and he, I think he got into some of the electronics or something like that. And I was just, man, I was so frustrated. You know why I was frustrated? Because I had set all, all the settings, all the musicals, they were all in the right place. And I had done it like, I don't know, six months ago, a year ago. And I knew that I wouldn't remember how I did it. So that I'm going to have to get the, you know, this, this big you know, book, uh, this encyclopedic sort of instruction manual out and figure out how to do this. At the moment, I felt so powerless. I was like, I don't know how to do this. I'm going to start over, and it's, it's going to take forever. I was so frustrated. And then you gave me and the rest of my family. I'm, like, I'm starting to just you know, get out angry and everyone else is like walking on eggshells because I'm so upset. And then it was finally, I opened this thing and I thought, you know, and then finally God's spirit showed up and said, Bruce, like you, this is silly. This is so inconsequential. You're not in control, you're just not. And that's a really, really good thing. It's this wonderful reminder that I can't do anything apart from him. And I got up and I you know, confessed, my, you know, confessed my sin, asked everyone for forgiveness for being, for being so frustrated. But I want to ask you right now, what are, the, what, are the time, what, what are the areas of your life where you feel so powerless? Maybe it's as a spouse, maybe it's as a parent, maybe it's in your work life. You feel like you just have no control over and you're scared. It's precisely in those areas of our lives that God wants to meet us. He wants to show us His power. He wants to show us His goodness. He wants us to to give those things to Him and entrust Him with them. You've got a uh, card and a pen or pencil on the on the, the, the pew uh, next to you or around you, you may have picked it up. Uh, some of you don't you, know, you don't have to do this. So don't don't feel like you need are obligated to do this. But I want you to take if you would if you'd like to you go ahead and grab that card. or wonder if you want someone from the family, and and I want you to write a few words on it. Okay. So you don't have to do this, but you're you're more than uh, welcome to participate. This is a way of a sort of making something really concrete. Martin Luther. This is so awesome. Martin Luther. Said that, he said, On my calendar, I have two days today and that day. Think about that. See, over and over again in scripture, Jesus says, like, for example, Jesus in Matthew 6, he says this, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own so what am I to worry about what am I think to think about today I'm not gonna worry about the future I'm not gonna pretend I have more control I'm just gonna worry about today and that day because well, what, 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 what's that day judgment day just two days I need to worry about today what does the Lord have for me how can I be faithful today how can I serve him today how can I love others today I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. I'm not going to worry about the future. I'm not going to pretend like I'm this just super productive, all-knowing person. I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to let fear and anxiety about tomorrow drive me. So what I want you to do in the top of that card, write today and that day. Those are the two days that should be on a a Christian schedule, on a Christian's calendar. Again, Luther and the Bible is not saying that we shouldn't plan, that we shouldn't be wise, but that we shouldn't presume in the future. We just don't know. We have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. So on the top of that, today and that day, that day being the day of judgment, the day we stand before Him. That's all that matters. Today and that day. And then underneath it, we're going to, we're actually if you would, write Matthew 6.34. It says, we can just read, just, just read this and listen. You can write it. Do not worry. Do not worry about tomorrow. Do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. And then he says this, each day has enough trouble of its own. See, Jesus calls, calls us in this beatitude, He calls us to humility. Says, it's okay to be weak. It's okay to, be, to not know. It's, it's okay to not have it figured out. It's okay to not be in control. You got that? So today and that day, That's what I'm gonna think about. And then therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself each day. That's enough trouble of its own. You can take that home with you and just put it somewhere. This week, you just see it, you look at it, and you think, yeah, I'm not gonna worry about tomorrow. I'm not gonna fear tomorrow. I'm not gonna pretend like I'm supposed to have it all figured out. I'm not gonna pretend. I refuse to pretend like I'm in control. I know I've used this illustration before, but it's just, I think it's so effective. And those of you who've flown an airplane before you know, to commercial airlines, you know that you can be flying along and you're at 35,000 feet and you're, I don't know, maybe you're reading. Maybe you're watching something on your electronic device. Maybe you're you're working, getting some work done an email or something like that. And suddenly the turbulence hits. And it's just like you're up and down and suddenly the plane's shaking. And you're like, oh my goodness. There's a sense of, you go from this place of just being calm, thinking that you're in control, to realizing that you're flying 500 miles an hour at 35,000 feet and you have absolutely no control over anything. (laughs) And you wonder, who's flying this thing? And who's in control? What a great place to be. To be awakened from the illusion of control. You we never were in control of that thing. You are, a, you, you are along for the ride, literally. And whatever that pilot does, you're along with it. And the question is, can he be trusted? Can she be trusted? Is this pilot someone who knows what they're doing? See, it's the turbulence that enables us to ask the question of who is in control and then to arrive at a place Peace, knowing that the right person is in control, that Jesus is at the helm of the cosmos, that He is reigning down to the last detail. And I can rest, knowing that He's got this, that He's in the driver's seat. That's what it means to be poor in spirit. Fortune are those who have turbulence in their lives. Who are awakened to the reality of how little control they have? Who are awakened to the fact that Jesus is reigning at the Father's right hand? Let me just close by by speaking of Jesus Himself. You know, Jesus in His humanity and His life here on Earth did the exact same thing. He was weak. He was hungry. He was powerless. He was fully human. In fact. Some of his last words on the cross, do you know what they were? He says, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. You're in charge, you take over. I'm entrusting myself to you. Let me ask you, Christian, do you need to say that today? Father, into your hands, I commit my life into your hands. I commit my spirit. I give myself to you. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Right? And Jesus leads us, he shows us the way. He says the Father is trustworthy. He is faithful for the Lord is good and faithful. And he wants to draw near to you in your weakness, in your confusion, in your fear. And listen, your leadership, Good Shepherd, we are here to do just that. We would love to do that. Ron and Don and Jim and I, boy, we want to weep with you. We want to listen to you. We want to rejoice with you. We want to be with you, especially when you're on low battery. Don't hesitate. So many of you, it's so beautiful. You've been taking that risk of opening up and sharing your heart, sharing your life with me and with us. I just want you to know we're here for you to do that. So this passage, let me conclude with this. This passage is calling us to open our eyes to the reality that we are not in control. And that the things that come into our life with this illness, as Darren showed, whether it's joblessness, become unemployed, whether it's uh, relational difficulties, these things are there to be this turbulence that awakens us to the fact that we are not in control, making us ask the the all important question: Who is? Who is in control? Let's pray together, Heavenly Father. Thank you so much for the beauty, the simplicity, and the beauty of Jesus' words. Thank you so much, how they just completely turn our world's right side up, helping us to see in whole new ways. And Father, I pray, I pray that we would welcome, we would welcome these moments of turbulence in our lives, as unexpected, as, as in a sense unwanted as they may be, that we would welcome them as reminders that, you know, we really don't know what we're doing. You know, we really don't know what's best for us. You know, we really can't make the difference we thought we could. We really can't change ourselves. Father, bring us to the end of ourselves. Bring us to the end of our rope. That we might find in you such peace, such goodness, such kindness. Father, thank you that you've placed your son in the pilot pilot seat. Thank you that he... He's leading us where He wants us to go. Father, we surrender. We do. We just surrender our lives. We surrender our marriages. We surrender our work. We surrender our families. We surrender all of these things to You. We give them to You because You know what You're doing. Father, You are the fount of all wisdom, all life, and all peace. Father, would You enable us to walk humbly even when we are on low battery?